First Timothy 6.8 says, But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Hello, and welcome back to Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church. My name is Pastor Bryce Beal, and I have Pastor Mike Schaus with me. Mike, thanks for being here again. Bryce, thanks for having me. I should also mention to those listening at home that Bryce and I are both professional Christians, so we're going to make this look easy, but it's only because we're professionals at it. <laughs> I like when I start a podcast and then you get ready to say something else. I'm always excited for what it's going to be. Like, no idea what's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> That's why the people like you, Mike. It's fun. Well, today we are continuing our discussion of discipleship. That's what we're talking about this quarter, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to take up our cross and follow him daily. And we've covered a lot of what we might consider the basics, just looking at Jesus' really hard statements in Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 14, about taking up our cross, renouncing everything, following Jesus. Today, I guess in some ways, we're getting a little more practical. We've tried to be practical along the way anyways. But what we want to talk about today, I've titled Godly Minimalism. Godly Minimalism. Just to clarify our terms as we get started, you may have heard the term minimalism before. It's actually something that's been pretty popular among millennials. Maybe there's like an official art movement or whatever that someone listening smarter than me knows about with this, but I'm just talking on a cultural level. A lot of younger people have subscribed to a kind of minimalism. The idea is that about a generation ago, especially those who lived through the Great Depression and afterward, sort of had the idea, I'm going to give my kids what I never had. And you had also a booming economy after World War II. So there was a lot of stuff. And from that came a sort of consumerism where everything became about getting stuff and acquiring stuff. And the kids got what their parents never had, but the parents also got divorced and had a lot of family strife and absentee fatherism and all kinds of things like that. So there's been sort of a swing of the pendulum with younger people today where there's a reaction that says, I don't care about stuff. I want experiences, travel, meaningful relationships, and the less stuff, the better. In fact, there's so much stuff, it's overwhelming. Let's get rid of all the clutter. So there's kind of a movement. It's almost aesthetic. It's a, it's cultural of minimalism. You have people like uh, Marie Kondo teaching people how to sushi roll their clothes and stuff, which is great and is just fine, but it's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> Um, you do not have to subscribe to that kind of minimalism. That's a bit more like a personality, I guess. The thing with the cultural minimalism is that it's fine if you want to do that, but it's still mainly about you or about the person doing it. It's decluttering your life so that you can have meaningful experiences and so forth. Godly minimalism that we're talking about today is about traveling light. It is about considering paring down our lifestyles but it's not for our sakes. It's for the sake of God. It's for the sake of Christ as we follow him. It's for the sake of others. So it's an outward focus. I want to quote a verse that comes from the lips of Jesus in Matthew chapter 10. Again, Jesus was walking with human disciples on this earth 2,000 years ago. Some of the things he said to them applies directly to us. Some of those things apply indirectly to us. In Matthew 10, when he was speaking to them, he said, Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. 
And Jesus would later reverse that command just before he departed, even for them. And although that command wasn't given directly to us, you can have two tunics, that's fine. There is a principle in that we are sent out by Jesus as his disciples, and we also don't want to get bogged down. That's what we're talking about today. Now, Mike, I wanted to ask you about this. I mean, you and I are Americans. We live in the United States, and we're grateful for it. But here in the U.S., relative to the rest of the world, we're all wealthy. Even if you're below poverty line, you're one of the wealthiest people in the whole world in terms of the things that we have. So if we're talking about godly minimalism, is that saying that we are going to need to basically give away everything we've got until we are down to just having a lot less stuff? How do we, if that isn't what we're saying, how do we just practically travel light as disciples of Jesus? Hmm. I was thinking back um, several years ago. Man, this is probably 10 years ago, I guess. It was a while ago. I was sitting in my uh, lovely home in Newburgh. I love this house. It was a beautiful house. It was on a beautiful lot of land. Uh, I loved my neighbors. Uh, everything about it. The only problem was it was uh, really expensive. <laughs> it was really expensive to heat and cool, and it was really expensive mortgage payment. And I was sitting there one morning. I had just finished my morning devotion, and I was looking out at all this stuff that my kids have, like these multiple game systems and just all these things. And I was thinking about First Timothy six six, right? But godliness with contentment is great gain. And I just became convicted. Uh, I was wondering, what am I teaching my kids? Am I teaching them to invest their money in time, or their money and time in people, or in serving, or am I teaching them to invest their time and money into just acquiring more things? I became really convicted by that, and Aaron and I decided to sell that house uh, and downsize and start investing in eternal riches. Uh, we freed up more funds. Really, the main reason was to support missions more. You know, there was a missionary I wanted to support at the time, and I couldn't because I was just tapped out with how much I was paying on everything. So by selling that house, it freed up us money to do that. Uh, and just also to help others to spend more time with our sons while they're still under our roof. Mike, what you're saying reminds me of a story I've heard about John Wesley. This was when he was a younger man. He was single. He got married later on. He was single, younger, and he had moved into this, I guess, a sort of apartment. And he was renting from someone. And his apartment was very plain. There was nothing in there. So he went. He had a little bit of money. He bought just a simple picture for the wall. Puts it on the wall. Then he finds, I guess it's the landlady. And she comes by and is showing him to his room. But she, it's winter and she has hardly any jacket because she's very poor. And he is very concerned, and he reaches in his pocket to give her some money for a jacket. And he, when he reaches in, he realizes, oh, I don't have money. I bought a picture for the wall. And it's not that we can't buy a picture for the wall. But at that moment, he made a resolution with himself that he's going to find out how much money he needs to live on. And once he reaches that amount of money, even when he starts making more money, He's not going to raise his lifestyle beyond that. He's going to give the excess for others. And that, in fact, is exactly what he did. And eventually, toward the end of his life, he was making something like two or three times more than what he was living on, and he was giving the rest away. It's not a hard and fast command, but it certainly reminds me of what you're talking about. And that is the godly minimalism we're talking about. 
Downsizing is always seen as a curse and something you only do when you're in a bad situation. <laughs> like, you know, you lost your job, you got to downsize, whatever. Or maybe when the kids move out, you'll downsize. But to do what you did seems unusual because we're always upsizing. It's always, once you make more money, you raise your lifestyle accordingly every time. And godly minimalism is just an encouragement that comes from Jesus to say, maybe hit pause. I know that's what everyone does in our country, and it's okay. I mean, buying a picture is okay. We're not saying you can't have a decent house. We're not saying any of that. Not a command from Jesus. However, how we spend our resources really matters. And if we can resist the American impulse to raise the standard of living to exactly what or just above what we're actually making so there's no extra to give away, then we will have extra to be able to give to others. You quoted 1 Timothy 6.6. 6. I started with 6.8. I just want to read this whole section that comes right after the one that you quoted. Paul says, but if we have food and clothing, and those are the only two items he gives there, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Nowhere to my knowledge does the Bible ever warn us about downsizing, but the Bible has a lot of warnings about upsizing and a lot of warnings about the temptation to raise our lifestyle so high that we we don't have a godly minimalism that allows us to be generous with what we have. Mike, if someone listening to this really does want to adjust their lifestyle to godly minimalism, whatever that may mean in their case, what might be some practical next steps that they can take? Well, for Aaron and I, we sat down and we looked at where our money and time were going and where we wanted them to go. So we purposely sold our large house for a smaller one to force us to get rid of a lot of stuff we'd acquired. I was thinking about my wardrobe. The kids in my classroom just asked me today, but Shouse, you only own like four pairs of pants? Well, I used to have a large walk-in closet. Now I've got a really small closet that only allows me to have a handful of clothes. For me, I had to cut the hand off to implement these changes. I was thinking of David Platt in his book, Radical. He wrote, we are settling for a Christianity that revolves around catering to ourselves when, our, when the central message of Christianity is actually about abandoning ourselves. And I believe, you mentioned the American culture, I believe we have no idea how much we are inundated from birth on this American culture of consumerism, just private property, owning this, this is mine, these are my rights, all these things, as opposed to this communal living of how can I serve, how can I benefit the body of Christ? David Platt later in that book wrote, radical obedience to Christ is not easy. It is not comfort, not health, not wealth, and not prosperity in this world. Radical obedience to Christ risk losing all these things. But in the end, such risk finds its reward in Christ. And he is more than enough for us. What a beautiful quote. Well, in the past, someone listening to this may have been tempted to raise their lifestyle to or above whatever their income happened to be without any extra. 
to be giving joyfully to the Lord, or maybe someone has just fallen in with the American dream and is trying to move up the corporate ladder to get more toys. If that's the case, may God help us all by His grace to think this way. Thank you.